0: everybody and welcome to episode 22 of Punch It. My name is Charlene Schmidt and with me as always is
1: Tristan Riddell.
0: We are here for part two of what we started last week and that is talking about TV series finales that we either loved or hated and of course we've got to explain why we ran out of time. We were having such a good time talking this topic as a matter of fact that we just decided let's Pick it right back up, and I don't know about you, but I've got another full list of series to talk about and uh, fill out this installment.
1: Oh, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on <laughs> and on, because we have decades and decades and decades of TV to pull from, and we only gave a handful in the in the previous episode, and I gave a lot. And so I am really interested to hear more from you and what you have to say and what shows you want to talk about, because there's so many different types of series finales, and I even just thought of one just now, actually, right before we started recording, I listened to our last episode as a refresher so that I could remember what we talked about what we didn't uh-huh there's one type of show that i stop me if you, if you if you don't agree with me here, but there's a type of series finale that is self referential where the protagonist or somebody in the main cast will go on and they will make a movie, they'll write a screenplay, they'll write a book, or, uh-huh. or something like that. And it's called the name of the show that you've been watching for seven years.
0: Yes.
1: Like the thing that's popping into my head right now is Dawson's Creek, where he... Okay. Dawson, at the end of the show... Because he Dawson is obsessed with movies and he wants to become a filmmaker. And then they do a time jump... At the end of the show, so the series finale is like a couple years in the future and he gets a job being a executive producer and, and creator of a TV show called The Creek, which is what people <laughs> would call the show in real life instead of saying Dawson's Creek they say oh I'm gonna watch the creek tonight or something like that uh-huh and can you remember any other time when that has happened I'm tr- I, I'm blanking on examples right now
0: oh gosh I cannot think of an exact example, but one of the things on my list, is the show Roseanne and the series finale of that show. Well, actually, let me go back just a little bit. The last season of that show, the seventh season, I believe, was completely unusual and a complete departure from what made that show a success. Because what happened was this working class family won the lottery and suddenly they have the financial means to do pretty much anything they want and it ends up ruining them more or less. There's a lot of complication, but the thing is is they took away the one thing that really made that show work was to see real people dealing with real problems that a lot of people go through and understand. And it, the show start, you know, it, it failed. It jumped the shark when they won the lottery. The very last episode of Roseanne, they kind of took the approach of, Oh, it was sort of just a dream. It was the brainchild of this woman who was writing a story, which is true. That is what the real Roseanne did. But also her character on the show Roseanne was doing the same thing. It's Roseanneception, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that really annoyed the living heck out of me and still does now that I think about it, because what we saw this whole show, it wasn't real. Well, screw you. <laughs>
1: That yeah that's another thing like that that is another thing where that's totally a different type of trope like it was uh it was all just a dream you know like uh, that that kind of thing has a time and a place like there was one saint elsewhere where all of a sudden the entire show the entire universe of this show was inside the mind of a boy I think I'm remembering this very poorly but it was inside the mind of a boy who had autism I think Oh okay and like the the last show like the last episode, the, the camera zooms out and you just see him on the floor playing with his trucks and everything like that. And then you're just like, okay. And wow. um, then there was another one where there was, a, this one is probably heralded as one of the greatest series finales of all time. And that's from New Heart.
0: Okay. And have you watched this? Because I know it's one of the very best out there and I never watched the show. It was kind of before my time.
1: I've seen a lot of episodes. Uh, I, I can't say I watched it regularly. Well, obviously I wasn't around, but um, it's a really good show. And it's what happened was, is that in, in the last episode, it goes dark. The New Heart Show goes dark. And then he wakes up and he's in bed with his sitcom wife from his previous show.
0: Oh, my God. That's brilliant. From
1: the Bob Newhart show. Yeah, it was br- like for the time it was absolutely brilliant. Like and the thing is like it was in front of a live studio audience and that audience lost it. They just went <laughs> absolutely insane.
0: In a good way or a bad way.
1: No, in a in a good way okay. and then and so um Newhart was just he was being consoled by his wife they're like, "Oh, don't worry, don't worry. It was it was just a dream." And he ends it with, oh, okay, okay, I'll try to go back to sleep. And then he turns to his wife and says, you know what, you should wear more sweaters. And because the wife that he was married to in the show that they're referencing was very much known to wear crazy sweaters and and like she always had a sweater on in her costumes. And so it was, it was all just a dream, self-referential, but perfectly executed.
0: Nice. And that's a thin line. You're either going to nail that or it's going to be just an absolute disaster and you're going to go down in infamy. And it sounds like they did the (sighs) former, not the latter, whereas Roseanne flopped, fell, fell out on their face. I want to
1: talk to you about that. Yeah. You're the Roseanne fan. I watched it here and there. I've seen a lot of, it's kind of like Newhart. I've seen a lot of episodes, but it wasn't regular viewing at my house. I kind of just saw... Mm reruns here and there my family didn't really like it but i I found it entertaining but i didn't keep up with it but i remember where i was uh i think i must have seen it live during that seventh season because something happened where i turned it on and then in one scene roseanne was on top of a train doing judo
0: oh yes and Mm
1: -hmm. like throwing people off the train and then i see another scene and she's like oh my god like um like i can't remember the name of john goodman's character but Dan. Yeah, Dan. Like, Dan was gone for a long time, uh-huh. and he was he was going to come back, and she was really nervous that uh, he was going to come back, and she's like, oh my god, th- so many things have changed. Like, I've killed a man. And I'm like, what happened to this show?
0: Yeah, it really went off the handle after they won the lottery. Like, that happened at the very beginning of the last season, and then things just really spiraled out of that, and they did some really weird extravagant things, like being on a train and doing judo and they went to a really fancy spa and they got this Thai massage and they had these weird quirky people there telling them you know you cannot eat this and you can't do that and blah 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 and of course Roseanne tries to smuggle in candy or something I don't completely remember and then yeah uh, I think it's Dan's mom like she was schizophrenic and he was traveling back to california to go attend to her needs and make sure she was taken care of medically and then all the while he's having an affair i mean all sorts of things that just oh
1: man it it
0: got really stupid really fast and uh i think the ratings reflected that it just wasn't the show that it once was now In my house, Roseanne was a staple. I mean, I think it was one of my mom's absolute favorite shows. Certainly of that time, maybe it's one of her top of all time. I think she really related to Roseanne just on a very basic level. You know, being a working mom, raising kids, not necessarily having a whole lot of money, you know, struggling to make ends meet. That was my family. And so, you know, I think a lot of people love this show because they identified with those things. And when you just turn everything upside down and it's not what it is anymore. It's not fun.
1: That reminds me of the Drew Carey show.
0: Oh, do you think that jumped the shark?
1: Well, okay, here's the thing. Well, I, The reason why it reminds me of it, and I'll, and I'll get to why it reminds me okay. of that, is that the Drew Carey show, I don't think they necessarily jumped the shark at any point, and I'm sure people disagree with me. But it went on for nine seasons. That's a very long time. Oh, yeah. Especially for a sitcom. And... With that, like, the, the, po- the whole point of the show is that he's a fat guy in Cleveland who can't get his life together.
0: And he's stuck in middle management.
1: Yeah, he's stuck in middle management, and his romantic life sucks. Pretty much. That's the premise of the show. That's the point of the show. Now, there would be times where there would be good times, there would be bad times. Like, he'd get ahead, he'd get a promotion for a little bit, and then he'd get a demotion. And, <laughs> yeah. like, he'd lose his job, but then he'd get another one. But it would, you know, like, it, it would always come back to that equilibrium. Right, and there was a few times where they did some experimental stuff. Where there, I think there was one half of one season where they ditched the laugh track and then went to a single camera comedy, mm-hmm. where it was no longer multicam. And I remember watching it, going like, "What the friggin' hell happened to the show? Like this was weird. Like it looked completely different. It was in widescreen." And they were acting different. And I was just like, this is weird. This is weird. This is weird. <laughs> and apparently the rest of America felt that way too. Because they ditched that real quick. Hmm. Okay. And the reason why I'm talking about this is that the series finale was... They went through this whole song and dance where... Like, he worked for Winford and Lauer. Winfred Lauer, uh, Lauer, excuse me. And he was in middle management. And, like, sometimes he would leave the company. Sometimes he would come back. But it ended with him being a part of like a tech company and you know being an up-and-comer and everything like that and the tech company bought winfred and louder and that's why he worked there oh and yeah, yeah they had some success and then at the very end of the show they had so much success that this tech company was going to branch out and so they branched out into a department to becoming a department store <laughs>
0: And, you gotta love the irony and
1: they're like we'll need somebody to work in human resources and you have so much experience so so drew you got the job yep, he gets
0: the same job he's always had now that's funny and i gotta confess i did not watch the very last oh probably the last two maybe three seasons of drew carey's show so i never figured out how this series ended it's kind of fitting
1: yeah the last three seasons were very very weak
0: Yeah, I kind of dropped off after this tech company bought Winfred Lauder because I just thought, like Drew, like they were throwing him into roles where he didn't know what he was doing. He admitted as such and was getting away with it. And of course, this was happening with the dot-com boom where I think a lot of people were doing this sort of thing. So it's kind of, it was relevant back then, horribly dated now, but not that entertaining. And the show definitely dropped off in terms of quality for sure. 100%,
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: Again, it's like you're screwing with the formula that made it work all this time. And I know it's you, you have to maybe change just a little bit to keep things evolving, but this was a big shakeup for the worse.
1: Yes, it was. And even though it's one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, it definitely petered out at the end. And I could keep going about self-referential and like arrested development, not even oh, like not man. even the literal show of arrested development, but like the actual concept of arrested development in television but I want you to keep going. So what's next? Oh, okay.
0: Well, let's talk about a show that you and I both love to pieces. And that is the American office. (laughs) Yes. In terms of a series finale, this was one of the most satisfying ends to a show. And especially after those last two years, were really not that good. We talked about this already when we did our podcast on the office. I'm so relieved though, that after those two years, they, Bundled it up together, those last few episodes leading up to the last episode were really good, put everybody on their path to where, yes, things changed rapidly, but they were for the better and things were going to kind of be as they needed to be. And then that last episode kind of takes place, it's about, like, what, a year after everything else? Yes, And this is one of those finales where you do put the pretty bow on everything. Everybody goes off and does exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Jim and Pam are living in a cool place. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, they both have amazing jobs. Michael has his wife and his children, and he couldn't be happier. Dwight and Angela, they're getting married, finally. I mean, it's all just kind of coming full circle. And so, yes, the show should have ended two years before it did but at least they wrapped up on a really good high note. What are your thoughts, sir? I've just been just spilling out joy about the office.
1: No, I I, I echo that completely because we have talked about the office a lot. I mean, we had an episode completely devoted to the office and its writing styles and and what worked and what didn't. And it was interesting to see like you know them flounder so much in the second to last season, but then realize that they learn they learn from their mistakes. Not a lot of shows do that. Not a lot of shows learn actually. From their mistakes. And The Office did, where they had one season that was just complete garbage. And they're like, okay, guys, we got to regroup. We got to get back to what made us awesome. And there was a lot of redemption in that last season, and especially in the last episode.
0: Totally. Totally. It almost makes those last two years of suffering almost worth it. (laughs)
1: like (laughs) almost
0: almost I mean I don't own the season 8 office DVD I never watch it when I do a rewatch on Netflix I just skip straight to season 9 and I'm more or less fine with that
1: yeah, and you skip around. Even though like season nine is much better than season eight, you still skip around. I do, in I nine. do.
0: Like the first two thirds of that season, I can take or leave a lot of it, especially the Andy centric stuff. But as you lead up to the Ugh. conclusion of the series and it starts building in its intensity again, I'm like, yes, I love this show again.
1: Now I mentioned something earlier about Arrested Development, and I'm not talking about the show. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the concept and. One thing that automatically springs to mind is that 70s show.
0: Mm, yes, yes. I uh, I had a cat, and longtime listeners know who Teddy is. He loved to watch this show. It was the one TV show that he liked to watch. I just have to throw that That's out awesome. there. He loved to watch that 70s <laughs> show. I don't know what it was. He would not watch anything else. But when he heard the theme to the 70s show, he was just hooked.
1: He's all about it, huh? He was. I had a dog who would howl to, are you ready for for some football <laughs> on Monday night football.
0: That's awesome.
1: Whenever whenever that would come on, like you just go Woo!
0: He was singing. Yeah. You he know? He was singing, yeah. They're just like us. They're attracted to whatever it is they're into. My cats, well one of them loves to watch Babylon 5 with me. Seriously, he <laughs> hears he hears the DVD start and he starts watching it. It's hilarious. <laughs>
1: Well, just like Teddy, I like to watch that 70s show as well. It's a show that is often in my rotation where I like to, like to kind of have I have dual shows where I, I'll have a show that will start where it's new or and we haven't seen it before and it's something that we're actively engaged in. And then we also have a nighttime show that's good for, you know, like you don't really want to be that invested and you want something on in the background and you can do other things or you're trying to fall asleep. And that seventy show is often that secondary show where you try to fall asleep or you, you, if you can't think of anything to watch, that's what you're going to watch. Mm-hmm. And the show went on for eight seasons and it had about five good ones. And it was the pinnacle of, not the pinnacle of the show. It was the, the main problem with the show is that you had a bunch of teenagers and you set them in high school. Now, if you have a successful show, you're going to go on for years. And what happens with teenagers when it goes on for years and it's set in high school, they graduate. (laughs) Yes. They move away. They leave their homes and they go to college. Some shows can do this better than others. Some shows are stuck in that arrested development. And this was a show that had a lot of unique characters and a lot of people who had drive and talent and abilities and others who were stoners who (laughs) just wanted to hang out and have a good time. And what happened was, is that because they did not want to change formats, because they wanted to stay true to what made the show great, they curbed people's development. They didn't let Eric go to college because they had read Have a Heart Attack, so he felt the need to stay home and take care of his dad and take care of the family. And so because Eric didn't leave to go to college, Donna didn't leave, even though Donna had like a writing scholarship and was incredibly talented it was going places and you know, like Hyde and Kelso didn't even go to college. And I can't even remember what Fez did. And so it's <laughs> just all these characters just stayed home and didn't grow, didn't change. And it was because the producers didn't know what to do with them. And Topher Grace was sick of what they were doing to his character. They were murdering his character. They were emasculating his character they were neutering his character. There was no development, no growth, no fun whatsoever. And so he's like, okay, at the end of the seventh season, seventh season, I'm gone. And instead of canceling the show, when your lead character, the protagonist, leaves, uh-huh. they try to continue on and had an eighth season, and it was garbage. And they hired a fake Eric. Like, I'm not saying that they, like, hired a different actor. They just hired a different person. They, they hired a person to fill that role fill that void and it was a horrible actor Uh. and a horrible character and the series finale i I can't even tell you what happened in the series finale because i just didn't care about what was going on anymore all i can tell you is that in the last 15 seconds of the show eric comes back and don and eric share a kiss and then it's 1980 (laughs) and so that little segment i enjoyed but everything beforehand didn't and so I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, can you think of any other examples of shows where you're just like, oh, this format works? And even though the format works and people are laughing, the characters are stuck in some sort of arrested development.
0: Yes, it's going on right now with Big Bang Theory. That show, I'm beyond so done with it. True. So done. It has outlasted its welcome. It's not so true. I mean, it's not entertaining anymore. I mean, it is just more of the same old crap we've always loved. And yeah. I think the point that we're making here with this conversation or this, or this part of our conversation is that it takes a lot of wisdom for writers to know when to move their characters on and when to keep the formula that they are using that has worked intact. I think that's a very tough thing to do for sure. <laughs> and I'm not a professional. I don't know how you do that. But I think we have a lot of examples of this not working rather than actually working.
1: It's true, and and that's the thing, and sometimes you need to end the show, but if you have a successful show, the execs are not going to care about the art or care about the integrity of the show. Sitcoms and TV everywhere, TV, the only reason TV exists if it's on broadcast is to sell you cars and erectile dysfunction pills. (laughs) That's the only reason why TV shows exist.
0: It's true, man. And anybody who
1: tells you differently has no idea how TV works. And one example that I can think of is Home Improvement, where ABC went to Tim Allen and said, we will give you more money than God if you have a final season. And he said, no, that would hurt the integrity of the show. And so they canceled. they I mean, they didn't cancel. They ended the show.
0: Right. And
1: that takes extreme integrity, artistic integrity, that not a lot of people have.
0: Oh, totally. And nobody wants to get off the train while it's still rolling. If things are making money and you have success... It's really hard to say, look, no, we're going out on a high note and we're going out on top and we're going to stop here. I mean, how many shows are the victim of not doing that? Like The Office, like The Big Bang Theory, like that 70s show, like even Bewitched, going way back. Speaking of replacing (laughs) actors, if you ever watch that show, there are two Darren Stevens, and it's a very distinct difference. It's not the fault of the actors. It's just when one of your leads goes away, You probably should quit.
1: (laughs) Now, what else is on your list?
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about Breaking Bad, another show that we both love and has been sorely missed from this podcast up to this point. We both love this show. It's true. We haven't talked a
1: lot about Breaking Bad. No.
0: And it is one of my all-time favorite shows. I think it is one of the best written shows I have ever watched.
1: Oh, oh, yeah.
0: Five seasons, through and through, there is only one stinker that I can think of. And so that's a pretty Which, good... Wait, wait. It's the Fly episode.
1: Oh, it's the Fly. I do. Yep, I fly. don't like
0: the Fly episode. I know that that's a little divisive between Breaking Bad fans. I am on the side of that was a little too slow for me. I didn't like the break. <laughs> I didn't like the constant talking.
1: Oh, I, I skip it every time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just don't get enough out of it.
1: I love the uh, TV episodes that are all talking. I love I love movies that are all talking and dialogue and everything like that. But for this particular episode, I thought it was poorly done.
0: It just, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily mind talky episodes, especially where character development is concerned. But it was just way too slow. Not enough else was really going on to keep it interesting. Like, I'm in there for a good 20 minutes. But I really waver off after that when it's just, okay, yeah. you're going to keep doing this, huh? Okay, looking at my watch, you're still doing it. Yeah. Dang. And there's that stupid fly. Well, this sucks. <laughs> so Breaking Bad series finale, we kind of know a little bit about how it's going to end because Walt does not have that long to live. We know that. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily the fact that Walt is going to die, it's how he's going to get there and how does everything else pan out leading up to that. And also and the big question that we really needed answered of this series finale was how was Walt going to redeem himself for what little that he could at this point?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because the Walt that we start out with is certainly not the Walt we finish up with. And I don't know about you, but I really don't like Walt toward the end he is a despicable horrible person he has destroyed everything which is the message least one of them but he does try to redeem because he's not a completely evil prick (laughs) and so we get to watch that play out and yes there is even more destruction but it's for actually the greater good and so it's kind of fun and i find it rather satisfying especially for this show what say you
1: with the series finale I watched this live. I watched the series finale live because I, I, I never watched any of Breaking Bad live except for the series finale.
0: Oh, wow. Huh, nice.
1: I went to my uh, in-law's house. They have cable. And so my wife and I were like, we got to watch this live because otherwise it will be ruined.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah, if you get on Twitter, <laughs> everybody was going collectively nuts. I remember watching... That in my Twitter stream as the show was happening, and I had not watched the show at that point. Uh, I waited until mm-hmm. it was all on Netflix, and then my husband and I binged it for. Oh, okay. Maybe not quite even three weeks. We went through it really fast. We just could not get enough of it. We devoured it.
1: But and that's the thing though is that like even if I don't go on social media like on Twitter or Instagram or Tumblr or anything like that, I still had to go to work the next day.
0: Mm, and. Yeah.
1: Everybody was watching this show. I know that there's people out there who are like, well, I didn't watch it, I didn't watch it. No, when I say everybody, I'm talking about you could not throw a rock without hitting a Breaking Bad fan. Like People were obsessed with the show when it was on the air. And so I was like, "I if I don't watch it tonight, I'm going to have to call in sick. (laughs) They're like, that's what I'm going to have to do. And so we watched it live. And as I watched it, I wrestled with some things because I was like, okay. And I was like, this is good. This gave us closure. It, It gave us the right amount of closure but it took me a couple of minutes uh, maybe a day or two to realize that the climax of the show is not in the series finale Hmm. do tell well the climax is in Ozymandias that's the climax of the show where his brother like i i guess i don't want i don't i don't want to ruin anything because there's probably a lot of people who haven't seen it but uh, it's the shootout in the desert
0: oh right yes
1: that is the climax of the show and Vince Gilligan is a craftsman when it comes to TV writing, he is aware that when you have a huge arc, one of the greatest arcs ever written for television, at least in the past 20 years, yes, when you have an arc this well-developed and this satisfying, you need some downtime. You need an epilogue. You need some falling action because if you look at it as one big story, which Breaking Bad is, it's one big story. Totally. If you look at it like a movie... The climax is not in the last five seconds of the movie. It's not in, in the last five minutes of the movie. You have to give the audience some time to rest. And that's what Vince Gillian allowed us to do by giving us a few episodes after Ozymandias, but still giving us a cool moments in the last episode. And so that is when I was able to wrap my head around the series finale and realize that that's not the heart stopper. Ozymandias is. And this is the falling action and the closure.
0: Yes. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I don't know about you, but when I watched that episode and I'm watching the shootout, I mean, I I still remember watching it with pure dread, knowing what was going to happen. I mean, and not because somebody spoiled it for me, just knowing things don't end well for people on this show.
1: Right, right. So,
0: <laughs> so this is what's going to happen and it's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. And lo and behold... Yeah. Yeah. ab so lutely Now, let's talk a little bit just for a short moment about the writing of this show because you brought up the arc. It amazes me how, even though they did quite a bit of planning, knowing that they wanted to start a season in one place and then end it in another, it's not like they had everything really outlined episode by episode before they started actually writing. You know, They kind of did a little bit of both where they had some ideas of where they wanted to go but they, they still did it as they went along, which is incredible given the little details that show up in this show mm-hmm. repeatedly, plus the overarching thing And from start to finish, from season one to the end of season five, this long novel-like story. I can think of only one other show that did this extraordinarily well. That's Babylon 5, and Joe Michael Straczynski did write out a very good portion of that show before it even began production.
1: Well, I think uh, one thing that really helps with those types of shows is you have you have a writer's room filled with writers who know the show. And I know that you could easily say that, well, like, that's every show. You have a writer's room for every show, almost every show. And, and of course they know the show. You have a Bible. You have this. You have that. You have a producing director. You have this. And when you look at so many shows out there, whether they're dramas or sitcoms and everything like that, there's so many times you will see contradictions in character, in time, in events, in motivation, and you're just like, why would she say that? Why would why would they say that she never played organized sports when in five episodes later you see a flashback where she's on a hockey team? Totally. You know, like, or... Why would she do this when she like when she hates her mother, or why would he do this if he cheated on his wife- you know like everything like that there's so many so many head scratchers, and that's because sometimes you'll have writers who you have a rotating um room of writers where you bring in guest writers or you bring in spec scripts and everything like that, and you don't check your facts but with shows like Babylon Five and Breaking Bad and House of Cards and things like that. It is people who are obsessed with what they do and obsessed with their show, and they they are fans. They are fans just as much as we are, except they get to craft the future while we just experience it.
0: Right, right. I mean, this is their lives, and they know it inside yeah. and out. It's a level of commitment that not every show has, so that when you do have it, I mean, it feels like magic. Because as fans, yeah. when we obsess over the show as much as they do we know what level they're working at. And it just, I think it helps appreciate the show even more.
1: Yeah, I can—I completely and utterly agree. And I'm glad we we will have to talk about Breaking Bad on Punch It. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, if if you look at some of our favorite shows, our favorite dramas, the best thing about them is the writing besides performances. You know, it's just, and Breaking Bad is no different. Breaking Bad is a genius show. And as I said before, it has one of the greatest arcs in the in the past 20 years if not ever yes
0: i i would go so far as to even say it's a masterpiece from the writing oh, to ab- the acting absolutely. to the overall execution in freaking credible breaking bad is not the type of show that i typically go for i'm not a big fan of violence i'm not a big fan of drug use and it's certainly the show is not condoning it and in fact i think the message is is how much it destroys people's lives mm-hmm. But I'm not usually attracted to that kind of a show. Well, that's how good it was. Was that I got sucked in.
1: And that's the thing, is that like some people are probably saying, like, oh, we're being hyperbolic, you know, like you're just being you know, like you're just being fanboys or something like that. And no. It's like no, that's the thing, is that one of our favorite shows of all time is Star Trek Voyager. Is it a masterpiece? No. Not anywhere
0: close. Not even close. Speaking of writers that didn't communicate <laughs> Voyager really had problems with its continuity sometimes as we spoke in quite some detail over four years of another podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to end knowing that we're going to talk about Breaking Bad in the future. I mean, we continue this conversation about TV series finales. Oh, yeah.
0: We'll have to reprise it.
1: I know. Exactly. Like even last week, we said like, oh, let's just do it again next week. Now, we're not going to talk about it again next week, but we could clearly talk about this in the future.
0: Oh, definitely. And i pretty much guarantee that at some point, yes, we will. Another thing that I do want to talk about that we don't have to touch on today, shows whose series finales are so good, and yet we've not watched the shows. And maybe we need to watch them.
1: I don't even know where to begin with that. So <laughs> you'll have to inform me a little bit off air.
0: Well, for an example, The Wire. Have you seen that?
1: No, I haven't. Okay. But everybody... Everyone, it was kind of like hand-in-hand conversation with Breaking Bad. They're like saying, oh, this is the, bo- this is the best crafted show since The Wire. Yes. You always heard since The Wire, since The Wire, since The Wire. Yes,
0: absolutely. I've heard, I don't know for how long and from how many people, just how good The Wire is. Yes, I know it's good. And I guess it has one of the best series finales ever. Maybe we should both watch this so that we understand what the heck we're missing. I
1: tried. I need to give it another shot because I gave. I started watching The Wire. I, I I started watching the first episode, and I like as I was watching it, I was just like, "Oh man, wait, how old is this show?" I was like, "When was this made? The '90s, like the '91 or something like that." And then I look it up, and it was made in 2002. I was like, "Holy crap! Why does it look so old?" <laughs>
0: Well, I I think we should task ourselves to give this show one more chance because I watched probably the first handful of episodes of season one and then got distracted by other shows. It might have even been Breaking Bad because I was watching it in 2013 just after Breaking Bad ended. So maybe it was that. But we need to go back and we need to see what all this fuss is about.
1: I will think about it.
0: Do you think or do you know?
1: I will think about it.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Well, yeah, we could probably take this on till dawn, but I think this is a good stopping point. And so uh, why don't you tell everybody where you can find us on the Internet if they want to talk about their favorite shows, their favorite series finales, maybe suggest shows that we should possibly watch and talk about later at some point, because there, geez, there's so much media out there. I know there's a gazillion things that we could be and maybe should be watching.
1: And we want to hear from you, so please go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select Punch It from the drop-down menu, and you can send us a note. You can send us an email, and we would love to hear from you because we want to know what some of your favorite series finales, what some of your least favorite series finales. And you can also uh, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thenerdparty, as well as on Twitter at joinnerdparty. We love to hear from you guys. We really, 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 really do because it is so much fun to interact and talk with you. And if you like us, please find us on iTunes and give us a review. If you give us a five-star review, we'll mention you on the show. And, Shar, where can we find you on Twitter?
0: You can find me on Twitter at oh, the profanity. Where can people find you?
1: You can find me at TheInsaneRobin. And thank you so much for listening. And please tune in next week where we're going to continue to punch it.
0: Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it.